PYHT listeners, Cammy here. Guess what? My new special, Rape Jokes, is streaming for free. For free at CameronEsposito.com. Yes, Rape Jokes. It's an hour about sexual assault from my perspective as a survivor. It is funny. Funny, funny, funny. It has been written up by Vanity Fair, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, The Daily Beast, IndieWire. People are saying that it is funny. So I want to say that first. Second of all, it is working for social change. It's about education. It's about my personal experience. And also, if you watch for free, you can choose to donate. And all proceeds are going to benefit Rain, the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. As of this recording, we have already recouped all of our production costs and netted more than 10 grand to send to rain so you want to make a difference donate and talk about the special post about it on your social media cameronesposito.com send everybody you know there and tell them to watch and donate enjoy the show hey pyht listeners this episode is sponsored by gossip a new show out now from citra Gossip is the first ever comedic soap opera podcast. It's created by actor and comedian Allison Raskin, somebody I know. In Gossip, three unlikely friends dish each week with about the latest rumors floating around their not-so-traditional suburban town, Golden Acres. You can check it out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your shows. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your What's hands up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the Put your hands together. Why? It's not you. It's not your fault, but it is your fault. The show routinely sells out, and then these motherfuckers don't come, and that's where they're supposed to... Thank you. Thank you for sitting down. We got another one. Are there three more people in the bathroom line? Another line of chairs here, right? There is sometimes. There is sometimes. Oh my god! Can you? Can I just tell you how confusing it is to have the size of the stage change, and also to be as tired as I am? <laughs> no, thank you so yeah, yeah. much. I can't is, tell if I feel like Rick Moranis or Rick Moranis's kids. <laughs> What? Honey, I shrunk the kids. No, I know what you mean, is but you rough? feel small? Yeah, or... And lost in a garden? Is everybody else small? And I need to find them. Yes, fair enough. Uh, that's Rhea Butcher. <laughs> Making hilarious jokes that people over the age of 35 understand. That's right. That's right. If you're a 19-year-old, you totally remember, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> Guess what? That's Cameron Esposito. <laughs> she just released a stand-up special! Special is out right now. You can get it at CameronEsposito.com. It is free. You can stream it for free, and then you can choose to donate, and the proceeds will go to rain. Um, And here's what's so exciting about it. Yeah, yeah, you can clap for that. Yeah, 
Here's what's so exciting about it. It was not free to make. It was not free to make. I had a lot of friends. I'm, I am extremely lucky uh, because Hannah Settle, who produces this show here, stepped up and was a producer for Rape Jokes. So let's hear it for Hannah. I literally would not have happened without Hannah. I called her three weeks ago and was like, by the way, are you cool to produce a taping? It happens in six days. And Hannah was like, in. I'm in, so that so Hannah's amazing. Um, my friend Jonah Ray came in and executive produced it with me. Yeah, Jonah's amazing. You might know him from Mystery Science 3000 or from The Meltdown, but I know him from being my friend. And he helped me produce this special. He brought in his friend Paul Bonanno, who is our director, who did an amazing job. We had like a three camera shoot in here, jammed in, and then literally I only got like one chance because then the, for the second show we completely moved the cameras so that it would look like this high, like this expensive fucking cool ass thing. I called the person who did the set design for Take My Wife and was like, will you just do this for free? And she was like, absolutely. She found some like weird cityscape that that she put behind me that looks totally normal. And and it's not here right now. So you'll just have to download the special to find out what that weird little cityscape behind her looks like. That's the most important part of the special. Yeah. Uh, Ryan McManaman, who also produces this show and helped to found it, he does the sound every week and creates the podcast. He also came in and helped us capture the audio. So let's hear it for Ryan. And then it was incredible. Like folks were like donating their time editing. I had my buddy AW who is an amazing musician donated a song so that I would have walk-on music and I didn't have to walk out to a cold stage. And um, also Rhea's like best man at our wedding who's an amazing woman uh <laughs> yes is a web designer and did all the web design for free so like yeah. i haven't wrote down like the billable hours of how much fucking time people gave me but this was not a free special yeah. so please one more time for everybody that was involved yeah. in making it oh the ucb the ucb donated a space it's incredible they donated the space to us so we're stoked. As of right now, um, I think it was at like minus literally all production costs accounted for. I think we're at 12 grand raised so far for Rain, which is incredible. Um, that's like in one day. And my goal is 100K. That's my goal. Because mm-hmm. then I want to be able to say this special raised 100K. That's just the sentence that I came up with in my mind arbitrarily. And it feels important to me to fulfill this sentence that I said in my brain. <laughs> Rhea, how are you? <laughs> um, I have not released any specials or anything like that. I'm doing all right. I've been working. Um, so my brain is mush every night. That's, yeah. that's what I've been up to. What did we do this weekend? We did something. <gasps> we oh! went to... <laughs> we did go to Dyke Day. Dyke Day. <laughs> we did go to Dyke Day. Because it was Pride. But Pride is far. <laughs> it's on the other side of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every year we've slept through it. And also I get nervous in the morning. Oh, God. What's the right time to go? And then it's three. Yeah. And we haven't gone. Honestly, one time I made Rhea, I was just like, we mi- I feel like we've missed it. And then I just we made... We went so late. I just made you drive me over there. Yeah. So that I would feel like I was part of it. It was over. And then we just... We just walked on we just Betty and vomit. Walked through <laughs> glitter, pretty much. Yeah, that there was, was no... They everyone were street was sweeping. There were... Nobody was... Like, everyone everybody was, was like, gone. in bed. Like, asleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... 
at three. Um, we but were... I also, I would say this also. Uh, I am a sober person. That's right. Um, and I've been sober for five years. Congratulations. And you know what I call that? Releasing a special. <laughs> what? I was just trying to, because you said, I haven't released a special. That made me feel sad. Uh-huh. And then you just said so... you're five years sober, and I felt like, well, that's an accomplishment. I'll call it releasing a special. <laughs> I think I prefer to call it being sober. Okay, all right, fine. Actually. All right, fine. I, just I like it, it as like, a sort of a standalone. I just thought it was going to be kind of a cute thing to say. I mean, it is, it's cute. It's cute. Don't do it again, but it's cute. <laughs> Congrats on your five years Thank of sobriety, you. sweetheart. Thank you. Appreciate yep. it. Um, so anyway, the, um, the, the drinkiness of the West Side Pride has been difficult for me for the past couple of years. So it's sure. been nice to have another Pride event to be able to go to that people were drinking at, but there were no... The thing that I did really love, and no shame... To the Pride events that have this, just saying it was really nice to go to a Pride event that had, like, no corporate sponsorship, yeah, no cops, <laughs> no shame, no hate, no nothing. It was pretty great uh, for that. You know, like, it, yeah. it just, it was great to not have vodka flung on me at every moment of the parade. <laughs> well, you know? it's true. Like, at this point in our, we've lived here for almost six years, and so we know the art queers. There, it's it's yeah, harder yeah. to find the art queers because you can find they're hiding all the time. You can find like the West Hollywood sometimes for art. That's right. You can find the West Hollywood gays in every city. Yeah, yeah. They want easily. you. To. You just have to go to the neighborhood yeah, yeah. wherever and the neighborhood like, is. Yeah. Oh, that's them. Yeah, there they are. They're dancing. There, it's, it, but it's harder to find the art queers. Um, you know the ones I'm talking about. Haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we now know a lot of art queers and so the art queers it turns out kind of go to dyke day which is an yeah, inclusive yeah. event that's literally like a picnic um but right also for some reason i'm realizing this is the year i got old like i realize that every time we go anywhere uh-huh. um like oh shit this is the year i got old because we got we showed up at this picnic and um it was incredible there was like indigenous <laughs> folks dancing because one of our friends who Aztec plans dancers. it is yeah like it, like as so anyway, it was just straight up one of the women dancing, like doing dancing, which I'm not going to replicate because I am a white person. So it was very awesome dancing. But this woman straight up had a baby tied to her while doing this very awesome dancing. And the baby was just like, yeah, I'm working too. Yeah, It was cool. cool. And then there's like this huge festival going on and there's like a leather tent. There's just a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) And then I was like, oh no, like that was my initial reaction to all of it because it was very sunny. Yeah. You have so you have, hot. Sometimes you have social anxiety. You I didn't want to talk to all those people at once. Oh no! I mean, it was a lot of people. There were all kinds of different people. Then Especially, I, found... I loved the spotting of the uh, liberal soccer lesbians. <laughs> Even they were there. There was a lot. But then I found if you just went far away to the edge of the picnic on the other side of the tennis courts, there was like an over thirty-five section. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody had sort of bedded down for the day. It was incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Lots of tiny dogs, dogs, babies. And everybody's just sitting in the dirt and everybody bought watermelon. (laughs) Or a lot of snacks. Everybody was just like, what do you need? Water? You look like you're dehydrated. (laughs) Brought a bunch of water. (laughs) It was really cool. It was pretty great. And then the sun was moving and we would all just move our blankets together. It was awesome. Further and further back. It was incredible. Closer and closer to Guinevere Turner directly behind me. 
she was behind us. You don't even know who There's that is. There's not enough lesbians That's in this audience. That's terrible that you don't know who <laughs> that also, is. Also, they're not old enough. Yeah. This is our history. You should know our history. Okay, thank mm-hmm. you so much. Um, <laughs> what, did you not ever go to Blockbuster? <laughs> I was talking about this last week. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> That was a very positive experience. We also were in Austin this weekend. Oh, yeah. We yeah. went to Austin for television festival where we Funny showed... Funny how we did the good news first, babe. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, where we showed uh, an episode of Take My Wife Season 2. It was the first yeah. time we watched this, the second season of our television show. We watched the episode that Rhea directed. Yep. And we got to... Oh, we got to meet Thank you. Uh, the cast of Winona Earp, which was very exciting for <laughs> me. There's a very attractive... A uh, woman who plays a lesbian on that show, and her name is Nicole Hot on the show, and I did get to meet her, and I just went, I just, first of all, I was so mad at myself because I had been so hot because Rhea made me walk I to know. get vegetarian barbecue, and I was That's so what you hot have to do. We had gone the day before. It was a hundred with ninety percent humidity. Plus, there was a biker rally going on, so you're just walking through exhaust. It was terrible. Terrible. It was really good it vegan was barbecue. Good vegan barbecue. <laughs> I was so crabby because I was essentially wearing this outfit because we'd been like on stage and then I walked there in this outfit then I put on shorts and then fucking of course that's when I meet Nicole Hot just yeah. in shorts so then I had to pretend I didn't know who she was go to the other side of the green room oh nothing nothing what am I doing over here looking at this popcorn you know whatever I was doing over there yeah I mean we did look like extras from a Goofy movie I'm not kidding somebody wrote you and Rhea look like Goofy and his son Max and then I pulled up photographs and it's absolutely true it is absolutely true like we do now but we were both wearing like khaki shorts high socks fucking hats and like Rhea literally had like a bandana on we're just like gosh and then between us are actors who are wearing like you know just A-line skirts and shit um, but I love that show I'm a big fan of the show and then the person yeah. who created it were like kind of internet pals so then she got me involved in doing like a shot with everybody I didn't even do shots I don't shots. know what was happening but I was like yes I will and um, anyway it was very affecting and then the bummer of this festival was that a very strange thing happened mm-hmm. um, and I mean, I might even cut this part from the podcast because we're trying not to give this person any credit. But like, but at the same time, we need to let people know. Oh, that's a good point. Apparently, there's like a robot. Uh, no, he's a computer. Yeah, great point. Because this is part of the troll. Oh, okay. the fact that uh, people think he's a robot. He shows up specifically at LGBTQ events because he wants to crash us talking about breaking down the binary in some sort or like of way. anything gay yeah yeah but specifically gender because he dresses up as a computer which also could be a robot and then when you call him a robot he's like you don't respect my identity but he's coming into a space and being disrespectful of it to begin with by trying to crash the thing so this is what happened at our... it's almost making it sound like it was a normal event what i'm no, saying is that we were sitting on stage at a place that somebody had paid us to be and then a robot started talking in the audience <laughs> and refused to stop talking. This was a human robot yeah, with a human head sticking out of a tinfoil robot body. It was also lit. That's right. There was a lighting element. LED lights. <laughs> refused to stop talking, refused to stop talking, and then started approaching the stage. And by the way, like, everybody in this, like, panel that we're on is just women and like kind like not the people on stage but the festival workers so they're all just like 
oh no <laughs> and this person is making the slowest approach to the stage where yeah. I'm like I can't believe my murder is this fucking slow <laughs> yeah. like he literally was just going like and we were going someone needs to stop him Could someone stop needs to this? stop him someone needs to stop him and, and everyone was going like, who crashing into each other I mean they were being sweethearts but they couldn't figure out what to do and I was like Get hotel security! Meanwhile, like, hotel security took, like, 20 minutes to get there, and this fucking slow-approaching robot is just... Computer. (laughs) This slow-approaching computer is just walking towards the stage. It was, I have to say, like, in the moment, I made a lot of great jokes about it. Sure. And then it stopped being funny. Like, and then we were like, I can't believe this is it. Like, I've done so many shows in so many places. Like... You didn't have to put this all on to murder me in public. <laughs> like, I just mean, like, it seems hot. It's a hundred. <laughs> Swear like a tank. I thought we were maybe going to be done so. Yeah. He got, like, tackled by security literally when he was on stage. <laughs> he said some dumb shit. He said really homophobic shit. But oh, I should say, I also... he was soft... He was also softly saying homophobic shit yeah. the entire time. Like, he wasn't yelling it. Was it, most, like, it was the most, like, cowardly harassment was like, I've ever experienced like, in my life. He was like, y'all look like a bunch of lesbians, bunch of queers. Everybody here is a big you, queer you lesbian. You look Everybody queer. here is a queer. Are you a lesbian or like, a queer? Yeah, yeah I know. Like, everybody here is a dyke. Everybody is a little... Like, why is this happening? <laughs> this is so stupid. Um... Anyway, then it got like written up by publication. Well, because anyway, a bunch of matter. phones. It doesn't out. fucking matter. But the point of the whole goddamn thing is, how much time do people have? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Apparently, a lot. Do you know to how make much it costs down? to get a wristband to this festival? He didn't have one. No, he did because they cut it. Oh, really? Do you oh, know how much I those wristbands are, Rhea? How much? I don't mean to be breaking this to you on stage. Four hundred dollars! Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this person made an elaborate computer costume with LED lighting, sat through half a panel. Sat through half a panel! Paid four hundred dollars, and then slowly approached the stage, got tackled, had their wristband cut. Like, Why? Why is that what you're doing? I guess sometimes as a gay person, it feels like, is this what it feels like for straight people that I exist? Like, is that what straight people think I am? That I've, like, put on this elaborate lesbian costume? I paid $400. Bought a $400 wristband? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a much more than a $400 motorcycle jacket. Um... But I got it for free because I'm a celebrity. And... No, I just, I feel like, uh, it was a good reminder because I think sometimes people just don't realize, like, it really is unsafe to do our job and be us. I'm not trying to, like, bring you down, make you feel strange. That is fucking true. It's weird because I forget it, too. Like, sometimes it just feels like, oh, it's like internet harassment. You know what I mean? Like, that internet harassment can feel so distant, even though, like, emotionally, that's not super safe. But then people go to you like, well, don't read the comments. And you're like, I don't even read the comments. These are people tweeting at me. I'm trying to get out of there, man. 
And they're like, well, why do you even read any tweets? And I'm like, because then I, then I don't get to see any of the nice things. Are you telling me that because some people are assholes and I can't see any of the nice things? Also, I'm trying to sell fucking tickets, man. I'm trying to get you to come see me do stand-up comedy live because that's what I do for a living. So then somebody says, oh, no, I can't figure out where the venue is. And then I don't see it because I'm not looking at any tweets because one time somebody was a robot in my mentions. No! First of all, that's how I feel about internet harassment. Sure. Then second of all, it like really is dangerous and I think people don't realize that. You know, like, that nothing happened. I mean, a silly story. But what if he'd wanted to fuck shit up? Mm-hmm. Security could not have been more slow. When you go to events, for a lot of years I've been asking for security. Like, it's in our writer if we do stand-up. But people don't take that seriously. That's true, Never. Too. Can I tell you guys the funniest thing that's ever happened security-related? You'll like it. <laughs> I think you know this one. How come you're leaning back over there? Oh, were you just letting me take this part? Sure. <laughs> Rhea, you were there. We were playing at this venue, and I said to the person... Um, Security-wise, I like to have two people with us after the show because we love to meet audience members, but we're worried, like, it might be a security issue, so we just like to have visible security there. And then this person said to me, are you ready? Are you fucking ready? Are you fucking ready? The UCB, are you fucking ready? (laughs) (sighs) Tig doesn't need security. that bass note we got the full range can you believe it's like boys to men in here oh my god that was like coolie high harmony i'm not speaking of philadelphia did you just name another lesbian to me tig doesn't need security you think i don't know tig huh i have a mind to ask tig if tig needs security Tig or like doesn't. secure a TIG, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Next time I'll just say, well, what about Ellen? How about Rosie? Why does Sykes want a sheenie? Leah Delaria. Those are the lesbians I know. <laughs> Fortune Feemster. <laughs> Next time I'll just say, oh, really? Produce the writer of every lesbian that's ever worked here. I want Tegan's. I want Sarah's. Haley Kyoko's? Let's say it. (laughs) (laughs) Then they're like, Tegan and Sarah have the same one. Carbon copy. I'm like, but that's because they're in a band together. It's not because we're all the same, man. Well, do you know what happens to me never now that I got my hair cut? I just realized. What's that? Nobody ever says, you look like Tegan and Sarah. Because mm. I have short hair now, nobody, and now that I don't have a tail on one side, nobody ever says yeah, that. Yeah, nobody says that to me anymore with my mullet in the back. Power stripes on the side. Yeah. It's like, do I know you from a 7-Eleven somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look like Tegan and Sarah. Oh, really? Which one, though? They look really different. If you were a fan, you'd know. 
Sarah's a little sharper. <laughs> I thought that would go better. <laughs> I thought that would get a 7-Eleven style laugh. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Should have left it at 7-Eleven, Esposito. You're not wrong, butcher. <laughs> hey, we've got a great first comic on the show. We've got a great first comic on the show. Woo! 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 Tungus! I feel so respectful that you just called me by my last name. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of Tungus, can I just say real quick that AMPM blew my mind? And speaking also, of Tungus? I just said Tungus and you didn't hear me. So I was speaking of Tungus and I just wanted to say it again. Um, that guy's name is based on too much good stuff. That's what Tungus comes from. Can I see abbreviation of that? Rhea. What? <laughs> Rhea, I, I feel like this might need a prequel. I don't know that no, these people watch as much. into it. <laughs> Do you know who Tungus is? Yeah. <laughs> Clap if you know who Tungus is. Oh, no, you're not. I, oh. We watch a lot of MLB Network and baseball in our house, and they just play the same three commercials. So Rhea has a disproportionate <laughs> idea of what things people know Everybody about. Everybody knows about Tungus. Tungus. <laughs> Tungus. Tungus is a mascot for AMPM, like... Quickie marks. He's kind of like an animal from the Muppets, but made out of food. He's you made know. out of garbage. You He's know got like Cheetos on his face and disgusting Twizzler hair. <laughs> He's awful to look at. And Tungus. sometimes he gets things stuck in his body, and that's yeah. part of the thing. Where there's like somebody like, I want to buy this, and it gets like sucked in and stuck in his Cheeto chest. And then Tungus is, and then the AMPM's like, this is delicious, definitely eat here. And I'm like, no, I don't want to eat anything that's been pulled out of anybody's chest. Rhea, are you ready for the first yeah, comic? Yeah, I'm totally ready now. I feel good. Yeah, awesome. Uh, this first comic is hilarious. Just a hilarious person and a friend of the show. We love having them on the show. Let's hear it right now for Sarah Schaefer. Give it up for Sarah. <laughs> I'm just going to tell a story tonight um, as opposed to my usual signature one-liners that you guys are used to. You're all familiar with my stuff, I know. Um, you know I'm going to tell a story. I've been writing a book, um, which don't ever do that. That's a horrible idea. Um, I'm in hell. Uh, <laughs> but it's had me thinking about my life, you know, and I thought I'd tell you, share a little bit with you all. Um, when I was a child... Uh, this is something that happens when you write a book about yourself. You realize, oh, I, oh I'm a coward. Um, just You start analyzing things, and you're like, oh, my God. Um, I, when I was a child, I was, a, I was afraid of a lot of things. I was scared of dogs. I was scared of the ocean. Um, they had to bring a baby pool down on the beach, uh, put water in that, and then I would get in that. Um, I was scared of comets, uh, you know, normal stuff. And I was scared of gremlins, obviously. Um, and my little sister and I shared a room, and she was scared of gremlins too. And, but because I was 18 months older, that meant I was in charge of fighting off the gremlins. And every night for probably three or four years, uh, as we were about to fall asleep, she would go, Sarah? 
Yes. Will you protect me? Yes. From the gremlins? Yes. Meanwhile, almost instantly, she's sawing logs. She's like... Like just, she just needed me to go yes, and then she could fall asleep. And I'm over in my bed, just like eyes open, like waiting for a grillman to lick my toe. <laughs> now you put it in my head. I can't stop thinking about it. Wide awake. But I developed some tools, some self-soothing ne- mechanisms to help me fall asleep. One is I would try to mimic her breathing. Have you ever tried to mimic someone's breathing when they're in a deep sleep? It's, it's, uh, you pass out, it works. <laughs> it's, sleeping breathing is really fucked up and weird. It's like... <sighs> like, if you're awake and trying to do that, it's, it's not good. So try to do that. <laughs> um, and then I developed... Uh, uh, I, I relied on an old trusty friend, um, my thumb. And I sucked my thumb. And that would help me fall asleep. It would lower my heart rate and get me right down into a cool, relaxed spot. Um, And uh, if you remember sucking your thumb, you did it for too long. That's just my... That's my assessment. Um, I remember sucking my thumb earlier today. Uh, I still do it. I'm an adult thumb sucker. Now, don't you dare... Judge me, you pieces of shit. How's your cigarette, huh? How's your little vape pen, hmm? How's your crack pipe? I don't need all that, because I got thumb, all right? You have to go behind a dumpster and give a blowy J to get your fix. I just pop thumb in and I'm good, all right? So don't judge me for the, whenever I speak about this publicly and I'm not going to make eye contact with any of you after the show I'll be gone I'll be on, on into the night but if anybody at home is listening to this on the podcast and you dare tweet at me because every time I ever bring this up in public there's always some blowhard that bursts through the door like you know you're going to fuck up your teeth and I'm like, oh, wow, I never considered that. I literally had a balcony for teeth <laughs> when I was a child. They, like, just stick straight out. And then I was privileged enough to get braces to bring them back in. And I kept sucking my thumb throughout that process. So it was a real war going on in my mouth. Um, but as you can see, they're okay. I got a little bit of a snaggle tooth. But I don't think that's from the thumb sucking. I, I honestly don't. I've been to a den. I'm almost 40 years old. Every time I go to a new dentist, because I, I, I can't commit to one. Um, every time I go to, a new, to the dentist, they never get, they never go, oh my God, you, what have you done? My dear, oh dear God. She, you're still sucking your thumb, aren't you? I can see it. No one has ever, a professional has never been able to look at my mouth and go, you have a problem, okay? So get the fuck out of here with your dumb concern troll over my thumb sucking, you piece of shit. I'm not defensive, you're defensive, all right? So, of course, if anyone here sucked a digit beyond, I guess this, I wanna be inclusive, there's fingers too. Um, if anybody did that beyond the point that they were supposed to, did anybody here go beyond? Hell yeah, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> what's up? 
you got a Pokemon shirt on. Hey, I, I, I can tell. Uh, living the life. Um, look, as you know, you get even if your parents are trying to do the positive reward thing where they're like, oh, I didn't see you suck your thumb for a full week. Here's some Legos. You know they want you to stop. It's just communicated to you from day one, like you need to fucking stop doing this. And uh, by the time I got to uh, senior year in high school, I was, I mean, consumed with shame over this. I thought there was something severely wrong with me. I thought I was the only person in the world that did this. I truly believed this. And um, I get to college and I mean, I, leading up to college, I had complete insomnia. I was so afraid because I knew that when I lived in a dorm, the secret would probably get out. Because like, the thing about sucking your thumb is sometimes you don't realize you're doing it, especially if you're in your home. And that was going to be my home. And I was going to be in there with some alien <laughs> who I didn't trust. And she was going to catch me doing it. And I was so afraid. And then she was going to tell everyone, like, this fucking freak! You know, I was just so panicked. And I get to college... And uh, it was maybe the first week of school when I'm sitting around in a room with all the girls in my hall. And um, everyone's, someone goes, let's go around the circle and say what our worst secret, our darkest secret is. And everyone's like saying dumb shit. Like, I've got a nipple hair, you know. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and they get to me and I just decided, what, what the fuck? I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to say it. I can't live with this secret anymore. And I say, I suck my thumb. And I was prepared for truly like, why God, why? You know, just like people losing their minds. And I'm not exaggerating. Two other girls in the circle went, oh yeah, me too, whatever. And I was like, whoa, I had a seizure. I've come, I had, it was amazing. And then I go back to my room that night. It was, it was my dorm was the first dorm on my campus to ever have internet access. This is how old I am. All right. And I get on like whatever it was back then, Next, Netscape Navigator. And I enter in adult, because they were like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. And I was like, what? And so I Google it. Well, that wasn't a thing then. I Netscape Navigate it. And, um, <laughs> And I find this website called um, thumbsuckingadults.com. It's still there in its mint condition, 90s GeoCities like, design. Go to it tonight, thumbsuckingadults.com. And the first paragraph is like, welcome. You probably think you're the only person in the world that does this. There's nothing wrong with you. And it was just this whole website. And I think about this story all the time. Because that was the dream of the internet. <laughs> what happened to it? That was what it was for. It was for people to find each other and go, I'm not a freak. Like, that's what it originally was for. Now it's to tell people they're a freak, and I hate that, but I just hang on to it. Go to thumbsuckingadults.com tonight and, and just accept yourself, okay? <laughs> Good night. What up? PYHD listeners, it's time for your Tomboy X ad. Oh, Tomboy X. Tomboy X. I love their undies. They have 
comfy undies. Their undies come in basic colors, fun seasonal prints. They come in bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, or boy shorts. They've got soft bras and racerback bras. They've got sizes from extra small to 4X. Regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X has undies anybody can feel comfortable in. So all you got to do is go to TomboyX.com slash hands together. And then if you put in the code hands together, you will get an extra 15% off your order. Yeah, that's just the code hands together for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X. I don't, I'm, I'm not a thumb-sucking adult, but I am a nail-biting adult, and it is, a, <laughs> not alone, cool. I've been nibbling at my own hands for a long time now. It's disgusting, and I can't quit. <laughs> I've quit smoking cigarettes and drinking, but I'm like, no, 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 I can't drop this sweet finger-skin habit that I've got. <laughs> Nothing compares to you, sweet finger-skin. It's got the perfect chewiness. I know, it's literally disgusting. It's the grossest thing on the planet. And I've had like an extra bad week, so like these two fingers are like falling off of my hand. It's super gross. Anyway, I, Sarah was talking about like the dream of the internet. And I recently, um, sometimes I just, you know, like I was referencing Blockbuster, whatever. I'm a king of references. And I was thinking to myself about times past, and I remembered my favorite uh, pop of all time, which was Josta. <laughs> One person knows what I'm talking about. It was like an urban drink that had like a Black Panther on it, and it was supposed to have like Guarana in it. That, like back when guarana was added to everything to be like, this is our caffeine now. This is what we drink. And like, it was weirdly timed at the same time as Ace Ventura 2. So like people were talking about guano and guarana at the same time. Very confusing. But I recently was just trying to find an image of Josta to post as a joke. And I found a website, which was, because like I did the image search, but then I saw the web address, and the web address was savejosta.com. And I was like, I must go check out this nonprofit organization right now. And it was like, a, it's still that you have, like, just look for, I think it's savejosta.com. You have to look for it later, not during the show. And it is like this woman's website that's like, we're getting there, guys! Like, I don't, it's still just sitting there, and it is like sad and sweet at the same time. It's kind of like drinking Josta. <laughs> Do you guys want to keep the show rolling? I sure do. We have so many amazing comics tonight. This next comic, uh, I think, has been here before. Friend of the show. I think he's hilarious. Give it up for John Hastings, everybody! Hello! How's it going? Already a walkout. Good. Start strong. For those of you listening at home, one person has left. Everyone else is somewhat apprehensive. And I can understand why. My shirt was ironed when I bought it two years ago. And now I look like... I don't really know what I look like. The energy in here is tense. Don't worry, everyone. I'm very good in a tense situation. I've been in a lot of tense situations. Once I was in an elevator and someone farted and two people claimed responsibility. 
Thank you very much. <laughs> Applause break. Oh, that person that walked out. Oh, what she or he is missing. I only saw a shadow. <laughs> i tell you guys a story. Uh, in November, I got uh, hit by a car. Thank you. <laughs> only one awe. And the rest of you went, hmm. <laughs> what, a, what a weird reaction. I was hit by a car. Oh, that figures. <laughs> You're probably riding a bike. Yes, I was. I, I do ride a bike. I don't look good riding a bike. Like you, sir, in the front row, you probably look great riding a bike. Like you're off to solve a mystery or prepare the perfect picnic. Is that pesto? Homemade. Call me Rick. What's your name? Rick. When I ride a bike, I just look like a guy who's gotten so many uh, DUIs, he now has to ride a bike. For those of you listening home uh, on the podcast, uh, let me describe that joke for you. It was really good. That nervous laugh didn't help with the really good at-home joke I did for the podcast people, so if you guys don't find it funny, if you could laugh anyway. I don't know if you guys were doing that as a fake laugh or a real laugh. Either way, I feel like we're frenemies, and I'm into it. So I was biking, I got hit by a car. Now when I got hit by a car, I have no memory of it. I know I got hit by a car, but I don't remember it. Sort of like how a lot of you don't remember locking the front door of your house, but you know you locked the front door of your house, even though you're all now sitting there going, did we lock the front door of the house? You definitely did. I always find that memory weird. We always lock the front door of your house, but you never remember locking the front door of your house. And yet, I have never taken like a huge shit. And then hours later thought, when I did that, did I wipe myself? <laughs> and I have tested the theory in a laboratory that is my life. Like in university, I got super awesome if drunk one time, and I, uh, I, I, I took a poop in my laundry hamper. <laughs> yeah, it's not a great day. It was a rough time, and I, there's a man holding his head in his hands. The joke continues. I then went into the toilet and retrieved toilet paper. That's how ingrained this instinct <laughs> is in me. Half of you are applauding because of my honesty. The other half are in shock. But I did, that's how I learned there was a problem because I looked at the very clean toilet and realized, oh, something has happened. They say to be sober, you need coffee or sleep. No, you need to look at a very clean toilet and realize somewhere in your dorm room, there is a turd. And you have no idea where it is. To answer your next question, I, of course, threw the hamper and its contents away. Because we live in a society, and that's how society works. There's a simple rule to society. If you pee on something, then it's yours. If you shit on something, that's no one's forever. <laughs> Using this logic, I technically own the Griffith Observatory. And a woman named Heidi technically owns me. Oh, what's the story? Let me tell you. I was sleeping with a woman named Heidi. She looked at me and said, I'm going to try something. I said, okay, I don't know what I said. I'm not good at talking during sex. I'm not. The first time I ever slept with an English woman, she said, I'm going to go down on you. And I said, indeed. <laughs> I'm more ashamed of that than shitting in the laundry hamper. I need you to know that every time I say that, I fill with the just like, oh, you suck. Anyway, so she just hopped off of me, sort of, and then she just peed all over me, and then lay next to me and went, oh, it didn't work. <laughs> I then went, 
I went and showered. I sang a song called, Thank Goodness We Went to Her Place. I walked out, I kissed her on the forehead, I said goodbye, she said goodbye, and we nodded as each other, with, to each other as if to say, we will never see each other again, and we know why. And I walked out. Now here's the interesting thing. As she was peeing on me, I didn't once think, this is disgusting! Get me out of here! All I thought was, you know, I didn't see this happening today. You know what else I didn't see happening? Getting hit by a car. Ooh, what a fucking segue. I got hit by the car, and I'm, I'm laying on the ground, and I drag myself out, and I'm just laying on the sidewalk with a broken arm, and there's people watching me, but none of them are running up to me. Finally, a Hasidic Jewish man walks up and goes, uh, are you going to die? And I said, uh, no, with a lot of hope in my voice. And he went, do you have a phone? And I said, uh, yeah. And he went, all right. Well, uh, I can't help you because it's the Sabbath. So call an ambulance. They'll help you. And then he just walked over my body and walked away. Now, everyone tells he's like a shameful... He's the only one that walked up to me. 40 people just watched. He was the only one who went, oh, he may be so hurt he forgot he owns a phone. He was helpful, but just in a very rude way. Kind of like, have you ever been to a grocery store and you go, uh, pardon me, where are the Pop-Tarts? And they go, ugh. That's helpful, he's just being rude about it. I went to the hospital, I got surgery, all of that. I spent uh, six weeks with my arm strapped to my body so I uh, couldn't uh, ruin it because it was a broken elbow. And if you move an elbow joint, it can send shards of glass or glass. Just, that's how bad the injury was. <laughs> That's how bad, this happened in England. That's how bad the healthcare system is in England. They fixed a broken bone with glass. Which is a drunk guy wearing a crown. I'm the king of doctors, get me a gun. Those are illegal here, fine, a knife. I'll do the surgery old school. <laughs> Spent uh, six weeks disabled. Not actually disabled, like I couldn't use a close parking spot at a shopping center. I still use the disabled toilet, but I use it like all of you with shame and haste. <laughs> I use the disabled toilet all the time and it fills me with guilt because I don't know what I'm going to do or I didn't until very recently. I didn't know what I was going to do when I was sitting on that disabled toilet and I saw a wheelchair come under the door. It filled me with fear. You feel the tension and fear we have you in here. As all of you go, I use the disabled all the toilet all the time and I didn't know that that could happen. <laughs> and friends, I have gathered here not just for laughs but also for learning. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what you do in that situation to avoid a moment of awkwardness. Simply stand up, finish your business, don't rush. You know, use various papers. Open the door, and whoever you see in the wheelchair, looking up at you, prepared for an awkward moment, just look at them and go, I'm deaf, and walk away. <laughs> now some of you are going, well, that's an ableist joke. Well, it was written by my friend Tim, who has cerebral palsy, so I'm covered. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a good night. Bye bye. Rhea Butcher, where were you? <laughs> no, it's okay. Hello. No, you did fine. You did fine. You did fine. <laughs> You did fine. You were having friendship time. <laughs> Rhea, can you do me a f 
a favor. Yeah. Backstage somewhere, there is a lineup of comics. And it says, whose name I'm supposed to say? <laughs> Incredible! I'm oh. sorry. No, you're fine. No, I'm not. How? That was John Hastings, by that the way. Let's hear it for John. John, you're very funny. You don't have to leave. I, I feel like now we've got to... Oh, I mean, you can leave. No, do you want to... Whatever you want to do. Uh, <laughs> John, you're very funny. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> this is something you don't see at a lot of shows. Which is just when the host looks directly at the comic and says, I really liked that. That was great. And then the comic says, No, no you're, yes, thank you very much. And then we just kind of have that... Rapport. It's an industry insider moment you don't you don't really usually get to see. I mean I would say like probably um sort of my exhaustion at going to Austin Dyke Day and then releasing a special isn't affecting the pot the show at all tonight I'd say we're on it our energy is high our jokes are tight. We know which one of us is going to come out. We know the names of people. These are the things we're doing well. I would agree. Huh? Oh, oh, you're standing further back. What? Well, because for a minute, I just... No, stand at your full height, but up toward me. Oh, my God, that's depressing. <laughs> Are you kidding? Oh, it's over here. Oh my God. I forgot how objects worked. It's not as much though. I don't have to bend at the knee for this one. Here, you boom me. You mean from my height or yeah, from, no, just from the there. current height? Oh yeah, see, it's also ridiculous this way. I'm not short. Sometimes I feel so tall and then I hug you. I usually get up on my tiptoes. I go up top. What are you doing to me? <laughs> I can't believe you're taller than me. Devastating. <laughs> what do you think about it? Do you feel taller or shorter than me in our relationship? <laughs> I feel like we're the same height in our relationship. In our relationship. What about in bed when we're sleeping next to each other and you have taken all the cubbies? <laughs> then do you feel taller or shorter than me? I feel like you're so much taller than me in bed because you sleep diagonally. <laughs> you only think that because you're sleeping diagonally. make up a capital K in bed. <laughs> and I am on the edge of the bed. Without the other part. I forgot about two parts of the K. <laughs> Do you mean we look like a V? Is that the letter you're thinking of? No, I meant K, but I forgot that it means both things. You forgot what a K looks like? Yeah! Actually, we do look like a capital K because here's me snuggling on you, trying to make myself feel like, oh, I love my wife. Here's you going, get away! You can have my butt 
as a so I can push you, but my head will be far away near the humidifier. Over here. There's one over here too. Both sides. <laughs> then our dog's like, I'm gonna stand on your back for a while. That's what it's like. Yep. <laughs> My favorite part is when you get in bed and you're already mad about the coveys. That is because, wait. <laughs> that is because, like someone raised with no morals. You do not need <laughs> to realign the shield. You don't need this to. This is the best part of it. You, it you think I get in uh, bed and then I'm just like a blonde. Like I go like and wrap myself up. I literally do go that. like this. 100% true. I get into the bed and I go like this. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> I can't believe you stole from your family. those sheets together because I'm over here like a little match girl in the hallway and then I'm laying in bed and you go and you pull them all off of me until the the edge of the sheet is right here I am not oh my god You don't care if the sheet and the blanket are not lined up. So it can be that one of us just totally only has a sheet, the other one just a blanket. And then, good night. I get into the bed. That's how it was you made. You have to make them into a little sandwich. Lined up! You got it! Lined up! <laughs> this is. I don't know. I'm sweating so much. <laughs> I'm not even wearing a jacket! I was so stressed out I didn't come on stage with a jacket. I'm nude! <laughs> In front of all these people, they've seen my nude body. <laughs> I feel sick. Oh, well, this was fun. Rhea, would you like to introduce the next comic? Oh, yeah. Uh, this next comic, it's their first time on the show, so you all know what we do when it's somebody's first time on the show. We give them a big, yeah, you know what you're doing. That's right. That's what we're talking about. Keep it going for Rob Hayes. What's good, people? That much. All right. Uh, I'd like to apologize. Maybe some of the confusion that happened earlier was my fault. Um, I was in the back, and I walked past Rhea, and I said, you know, I'm about to go up with my eyes. And maybe I should have said that with my words. Like, I just gave her a look like, all right. Yeah, I should have said something. I was playing it too cool. Uh, 
We live in a country where people think that the earth is flat. So many that they have a club, the Flat Earth Society. Us round earth people, we don't have meetings. We're not meeting about the shape of the earth. We just go to work, go home, watch Netflix, live our lives. We don't even bring up the shape of the earth until somebody else starts talking about it. What do you gotta say to get kicked out of the Flat Earth Society? There's probably people there with other theories. Like, actually, I think we live in a loop-de-loop, but I don't tell anybody. <laughs> really, I think we live in a giant straw, but I just keep quiet. You think people that think the Earth is flat think the other planets are flat, too? Are we the only flat one? You think they think the sun is flat? Or is the sun round, we just buy the sun being all flat? Are there any flat earthers here? Because I have a lot of questions. Like, is the earth flat this way or this way? <laughs> Hamburger or hot dog? How's it flat? Is everybody at the top of this flat earth? Is there anybody at the bottom? Where are the penguins? Are they at the top or the bottom? I don't think all the flat earthers believe the earth is flat. Some of them didn't have all the materials when it was time to make dioramas. <laughs> they didn't know where to buy styrofoam balls and now they're confused, you know? It's the worst time to get, be confused, early. It's the worst time. <laughs> we have a gun debate in our country. A lot of people upset about guns right now. I think we need to get rid of all the guns in schools. All of them. Hot glue gun. <laughs> Let's get rid of it. Why do we need a gun to paste things? To turn cold glue into hot glue. All of the times we glue stuff, we just use the tube. Not the hot glue gun. We don't need a trigger for arts and crafts. It's probably a tough time to work for Nerf. They probably shook at the Nerf offices right now. They make guns for children. Remember the Nerf commercials? Kids running in a park shooting darts at each other? Made war look fun. They got all kind of Nerf guns now. Have y'all kept up with Nerf? They have a Nerf sniper rifle. Who needs that? Who needs to snipe their teddy bears? They have one Nerf gun that shoots out toy cars. Yeah. Like, how masculine are you trying to be? Like, I like guns and cars at the same time. Only people who need those work on a set of the Fast and the Furious movies. They're just like, the last scene's gonna look like this. They just keep shooting cars at people until they start writing checks. I don't think we should get rid of Nerf guns. I just think we should market Nerf guns to adults. Like you had a rough day at work, why don't you shoot some darts at the wall? See if that don't calm you down. Like I think we should give Nerf guns to people who get denied real guns. Everybody's talking about they want stricter gun laws. Nobody's talking about that awkward moment where you gotta tell somebody they got denied a gun. 
Like, I'm sorry, sir, for you, it's Nerf or nothing. <laughs> I didn't always do comedy. So, uh, sometimes people ask me what I do for a living. I don't like telling them I'm a comedian. It puts too much pressure on a conversation. Like, either they try to make me laugh the whole time or they... They want me to make them laugh. Either way, that ruins the conversation. So when people ask me what I do for a living, I just make up stuff. And be like, hey, what do you do for a living? I'd be like, oh, I work for comic book companies. I, uh, I do the sound effects. <laughs> Kaplow, I wrote that. I was like, that needs three W's, two exclamation points. Sometimes when people ask me what I do for a living, I tell them I work for the Department of Treasury. They'd be like, really? What do you do with them? I'd be like, you ever get a receipt and sign it and give it back? I'm the dude that checks the receipts. <laughs> I haven't caught anybody with receipt for it yet, but sooner or later, I'm gonna catch somebody with receipt for it. It's just new receipts every day. Now we got digital receipts. I don't know, I don't wanna talk about work. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> too stressful. <laughs> Y'all ever think about caterpillars? <laughs> you ever think that a caterpillar that becomes a moth thinks it's gonna be a butterfly? <laughs> like they're just eating leaves all day? Like, I'm gonna be so beautiful. I'm gonna be so beautiful. They get in the cocoon, it's like, oh, I'm gonna be so many colors. I'm gonna be on the cover of a biology book. I'm gonna be so pretty. Then just wakes up like a moth. I didn't even consider this. <laughs> Look at that light bulb. <laughs> I'm glad y'all let me do that. Most crowds, when I say y'all think about caterpillars, they be like, nah, I'll do the next joke. So. <laughs> you guys are great. My name's Rob Hayes. Thank you so much. What up, PYHT listeners? It's time to talk about Lioness. What is Lioness? <laughs> what isn't Lioness? No, really. What it is, is it's a smart vibrator. What do you mean? Well, we really haven't changed the way that we talk about sexuality, especially sexuality for folks with people who have vaginas since like the 1980s. In come Anna and Liz, the founders of Lioness Vibrators. They are here to fight outdated stigmas and societal taboos by giving us technology. Yeah, like a health tracker for your sex life. All you gotta do is use the vibrator and sync it to an app on your phone. You can gain insights into your sex life and have fun with self-experimentation or with a partner. Wow, what a good idea. To learn more and take 15% off your Lioness, go to lioness.io slash hands together. That's lioness.io slash hands together. Enjoy. Rob Hayes, let him hear it. Oh man, we're going to keep the show right on rolling. You excited? Yes, the sex comic, one of my favorites. Please give a warm welcome to Andy Erickson. I've never headbanged with pigtails before, so this is exciting. <laughs> it's actually way cooler because you're a helicopter. <laughs> Whoa! And then you're dizzy. 
Oh man, good thing I got this nice cane. Okay. All right. Okay, so yeah, I've u- I use the stool, I use the stand. Okay, that's in my head only. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, the Ninja Turtles are in the news again. <laughs> They're not, but like, wouldn't that be cool if they were? Because, <laughs> man, my joke would be make more sense. Um, but there's so much news that it's like, yeah, they're probably in the news. Uh, like the first thing on NPR, they're just like, Ninja Turtles! And you're like, yep. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But here, I just have one thought about the Ninja Turtles. Like, what? What is going on? Uh, like, why do the Ninja Turtles have six-pack abs. Because <laughs> it's like, it's not like they can do sit-ups. <laughs> so, can I do that joke without talking about them being in the news? Yeah. You, th- <laughs> you guys are like, yeah, we could be on like your third joke by now, lady. Um, okay, cool, I'm learning. Um, <laughs> um, and, and also, I'm like lowering the octave of my voice like a little bit because, like, if I don't self-correct, it just gets higher. Um, so I'm a, I'm from Minnesota, but ever since living in LA, I try to be like I'm an Angelino, you know, which I know that's what you guys all say. And my family was visiting. I wanted to impress them because I've lived here for like four years. I'm like, yeah, I'm an Angelino. I know all the cool Angelino stuff. So want to get a burger? I know the best place, In and Out. You know, and they were like. I was like, yeah. Um, we get there, and I'm like, guess what? They have a secret menu. They're like, they do. And I was like, yep, a secret menu. Ha ha. You have to know about it. Otherwise, you don't know about it. And then we're in line, like, we'll try to get our burgers. I've been talking it up all day. And the person comes to take my order, and I'm just like, shit, I can't remember what the name of it is. So I was just like, I, um, do you guys remember what the name of the secret item is? Okay, okay, okay. You guys know animals. <laughs> but I was just like, um, it was like four burgers, unicorn style. <laughs> and they were like, okay. And I was like, what? So I'm like, what is happening? And I'm like kind of nervous, but like we get our, <laughs> we get our food. And like my family, they're opening their bags. And we look inside, and it's just like a burger with like a french fry chicken. <laughs> Yeah, that only works at the North Town one, though. North Town. North Hollywood. Um, North Town's a mall in my hometown. <laughs> That's not even funny! You guys are pretty cool. Um, oh, here's the thing. You know how people are bad at talking in bed? Or just talking in bed? Talking dirty. Um, here's, a, here's something you can try. Here's what me and my husband do. Oh. Um, well, here's what will always work when you're just doing this stuff. You're just, you just shout out, feminism, <laughs> you know? And then, I know, then you're both like, you just kind of freeze like, uh-oh. And then, <laughs> and then you like switch sides. <laughs> you're like, okay, yeah, I'm on top. <laughs> okay, but like, my mom, she tries to be cool, but like, 
she doesn't get the whole, I don't know, she doesn't get what's going on in the world. But here, I just want to quick just explain how, I don't know, here's something that happened. I posted on my Facebook page the other day. I was just like, I love corn dogs. Um, and, and my mom replied, hashtag me too. <laughs> She'd heard it before, but I was like, Mom, it's not what it's for. You can't just start using it willy-nilly. Uh, okay, so that, there's not more to that, but man. So um, kids aren't as smart as they could be these days, right? <laughs> uh, I, uh, here's just an example. I was talking to my cousin, Walt. She's 13, and she didn't know who John F. Kennedy was. Right, that's not allowed. Um, here's how. Here's how I found out she didn't know. Uh, she likes. Uh, well, she follows me on Facebook, and sometimes I'll post on Facebook. Sometimes I'll post like a, a joke. Other times I'll post like an inspirational quote. And I posted an um, inspirational quote the other day, and my cousin replied, "That's not funny." Uh, yeah. Was, and apparently, she thought JFK meant just fucking kidding. <laughs> so. so in her head, she was like, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. <laughs> Just fuck a kitty. <laughs> okay, I have to get out of here, but I had one joke I wanted to do. Uh, okay, so, okay, it's not really a joke. I just want to get it out into the world. So, um, my dad passed away when I was, like, 21 or 22, and I, I've been trying to, like, tell some stories about it, but, like, it's been really hard. But here's just something that happened recently. I was trying to tell uh, a story about my dad on stage, and I like got like worked up, and like I couldn't fin- <laughs> I couldn't finish the joke, and I was just up there, and it was awkward, and I was just scared, and so like I'm just I can't get the joke out, and someone in the audience just just shouts out, they go, "Your dad's proud of you." <laughs> I know, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I just started crying, but I was just like. That is the best echo I have ever got. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for me, guys. My name is Andy Erickson. Have a good night. Andy Erickson, letter Eric! All right, we're going to keep the show right on rolling. Guess what? Another friend of the show, also one of my favorites. Give it up for Georgia Brooks! She's. I know there was a bumble earlier, but she's really killing it now with the hosting. She's got it down. No, it's rude, but it's okay. We're friends. You heard her. We're friends. I um, I had a bit of like a stressful drive over. What a surprise! Who drove here? Yeah, you. Guess what? Just to brag, I found a really good parking spot. Not a joke. Not even part of my set. It's just like right there. I'll show you after. <laughs> it is so good. I had a stressful drive over here. And this, I swear to God, happened on the way here. And the way you can tell is um, it's not really a strong way to open a set. So that's how you know it's real. Um, I use a GPS. Kill me. Sue me. Who cares? I use it. It's lovely. It has like a lovely lady voice. And it's soothing. And it, it gets me places. But I guess it did, like, an update without me knowing about it, which is fine. I, like, told it to do that. But then on the way here, all of a sudden, I just hear, like, a regular male voice go, 
accident reported ahead. And I was like, ah! <laughs> like, that's so jarring. Just like a normal man just in your car. You're like, what? Like, that's on me. I didn't check the back seat. Like, I shouldn't know to do that. The doors are locked. I know I can't get out. We're on the five and it's not stopped. You know, it's moving, which is... Anyways, I fixed it. It's just a setting. It's just a setting. No problem. I, it's a fun time to be alive. Um, I'm an immigrant. Um, thank you. I'm Canadian. <laughs> but that's an immigrant. I mean, like, I know I'm not the immigrant who's, like, currently in the news. Um, I check my privilege. I feel like if I went up to Trump and I was like, hi, um, I'm actually also an immigrant, he'd be like, <laughs> I don't mean you. <laughs> Get in the house. Get in the house. We'll give you a cabinet. You look like my daughter. Like a hot version of his daughter. Right? <laughs> Regardless of the fact that I am a privileged immigrant, <laughs> it seems like a weird oxymoron. Um, I, it is really hard to be an immigrant. It is. Uh, for starters, it is very expensive to immigrate here. And now I'm here and I'm looking around and I'm like, ooh, this was a bad investment. <laughs> Damn. When I put my paperwork in to come here, Obama was president. Canada had a toad of a prime minister. And then as soon as I got approved, they switched. <laughs> they switched. Real quick. Canada's fucking amazing right now. It's amazing. Do you know who our prime minister is? Trudeau. Trudeau. <laughs> you guys said it was so much passion and contempt at the same time. You're like, we'd give anything. He's amazing. He is amazing. If you don't know who he is, uh, Google him and do it during my set. I don't care. It's worth it. It's worth it. I trust you. Do it. He's amazing. He's like, you know, he's on the right side of history. He's for women's rights. He's also really hot. <laughs> What's it like for you guys to have an ugly president? Is that hard? <laughs> Because, like, I can go home at night and think about my prime minister and, like, be patriotic. <laughs> but you guys can't do that. <laughs> Nobody has ever come because of Donald Trump. <laughs> to be fair, though, he's, like, never asked them, so it's hard to get the polling data on that. <laughs> Why are you awing? You know he's never been like, did you come? You know he's never asked that. <laughs> he's like... I came by, you know what I mean? Not, I don't know from experience. I just, I know from experience though, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just had a uh, pretty big birthday. I uh, turned 15. <laughs> no, I, I obviously, I turned 30. It's obvious. I feel like just right here, you know, everywhere else. I like any age. Um, <laughs> 30 is a hard birthday if you're me. Um, just because, like, I don't have a lot of the bucket list stuff done. You know what I mean? Like, Rihanna has the same year of birth as me. <laughs> That's a dumb way of saying that. She was born in 88. How old is that? Old enough. Remember that song? Okay. Um, it was a Kanye West lyric, so I get that we don't like it. Uh, but Rihanna turned 30, and she's like, yeah, I fuck yeah, I'm 30. I've lived a life that most 71-year-olds would be proud to have, you know? But me, I don't, I don't have that. I do, one thing that I've done that some people would call an accomplishment is I'm in a serious relationship. 
That, like, just so you know, that should not be an accomplishment. (laughs) It's not, you know? Like, I get maybe the other thing about it is, like, yeah, a a relationship takes a lot of hard work. But for what? (laughs) Right? Like, if I had put half as much work into, I don't know, like, comedy as I did into my relationship, I wouldn't... I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> well, I would be here, but I'd be one of those comics that just like popped in and was like, hey, I'm gonna do the show. So. <laughs> the other day I came home and my boyfriend was watching porn, which is fine. I'm cool, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I could, I could watch, I don't, because I'm smart and I think about what I want to masturbate to. <laughs> He's watching porn. That wasn't the problem. The problem is that he was watching Asian porn. And I don't know if you've seen me, but I am not Asian. I'm like, how come you can never watch Toronto porn? You know what I mean? Like some porn with like a lot of apologies in it. (laughs) Or like if the guy's like, hey, babe, are you going to come? She's like, hey, 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 hey. And when she does come, it's just poutine. (laughs) You know, love me, love me. I, um, it is a weird time to live here because of the Me Too movement. I don't know if that's happening everywhere, but it is happening here. <laughs> it is. I'm sorry I started that. No, I didn't start it, but, you know, jumped on board because Me Too today. It's weird when people get upset about the hashtags, though. Like, the hashtag believe all women. I've heard people be like, believe all women? Believe all, what? We're just going to believe all women? Like, women can't lie? <laughs> It's like, no, of course women can lie. We can do anything a man can do. (laughs) We can lie, we can play baseball. In some countries, we can be president, you know. I just think the point is that the percentage of women who lie about being raped is much lower than the percentage of men who are raping. (laughs) And until that evens out, we're just gonna believe all women. It is definitely a slippery slope, but like you guys created a slope and then you jizzed on the slope. So, (laughs) got a little bit mucky. (laughs) Last year, one of my favorite musicians came out as a sexual assaulter. Um, He didn't like, he didn't like pop out of a drawer and go like, I'm a sexual assaulter. (laughs) Maybe he did, that might have been how it started actually. But what was hard for me is I was like, cool. Um, because you raped somebody, now I can't listen to all the music that got me through all my rapes. (laughs) Very chill. (laughs) People don't always love that joke. Which is weird. I get, you know. But I just want everyone to relax, because just chill out, because my rape was, like, super chill. Okay? It wasn't like, it wasn't like in an alley, you know? It was like in a safe space. Safe space. It was like with a friend, you know? Chill, cool. It wasn't like something you would see on SVU. It was more like something you'd see on Seventh Heaven. You know, like a family-friendly rape. (laughs) Someday that joke's going to kill so hard that I'm going to forget I was raped. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to end on this. Rape, 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 rape. No, I'm kidding. Just like turn it into a Rihanna song. Oh, that girl's got talent. Canadian's got talent. So I don't love Trump, but um, my favorite part about Trump being president is that suddenly all of my pro-gay rights jokes are like suddenly relevant again. So this one's my favorite. 
Do you guys think it's suspicious that the people who argue against gay rights by being like, well, then what's to stop somebody from marrying their dog are also the exact same people who are most likely to marry their dog? (laughs) Every time I hear that, I'm like, ooh, did you forget to finish your thought? (laughs) Because I feel like what you meant to say was, If gay people get married, then what's to stop somebody from marrying their dog? Hope it's nothing. (laughs) Good night, guys. What up, PYHT listeners? It's Pride Month, and so we are celebrating the queer shows of Earwolf. Yeah, like, for instance, Getting Curious with Jonathan and Van Ness. You know, JVN from um, Queer Eye on Netflix. Well... He's got his own pod, and he uses it to chat about all the things that make him interested. Like, uh, he might talk about saving bees with a biology professor, or learning how to do triple axles with Murray Nagasu, you know, from the Olympics. Anyway, if you want to hear more from Jonathan Van Ness, and I know you do, you just gotta head over to Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher, or wherever you listen, and subscribe to Getting Curious. Let's hear for Georgia! Rio almost posted a photograph of our tiny dog who was lounging on a chair with like, we have a dog that just, you know what I mean? I, can't, I wish Rio was out here. I think they're backstage. Oh, do you remember what you thought you were going to caption that? Yeah, I remember. It was so inappropriate. What was it? Question mark. <laughs> sex dog? Se- Yo, sex. Sex dog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will agree to that. <sighs> sex dog. I was backstage. I was remembering it as hot dog. Man, was sex dog better? I was like, can't be hot dog, because that's a thing. I would have just been like, ah, you know, sex dog. No, you can't post that, sweetheart. Time for bed. We've watched too many episodes of The Prophet. Okay. <laughs> Friends, what a show. You know what? Um, before we let you head out into your lives, before you are pushed out of this gorgeous space and go back into the drudgery of your lives. I just realized that it sounded like this wasn't a good show. Before we let you go back to your lives and stop holding you here doing jokes for you. Before the show's over, I have one special treat, which is that a friend of mine is in town and was just here watching the show and I asked him to go up because I just love this comic and such a cool 
an open and awesome person. I'm so glad that you get a chance to see them. Let's hear it right now for David Perdue. Give it up for David. Hello, Alanis. How's everybody doing? We good? Yeah, good. Yeah. All right. I'm, before I get into jokes, I, I'm just telling everybody. I met Oprah yesterday, so I don't give a damn about anything. Yeah. <laughs> Riding the high. Anybody got questions about Oprah? Oh, how, what does she smell like? Smells like clouds. Uh, <laughs> what does she feel like? Strength and power. Uh, <laughs> empathy. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> two things I like to tell people about me before I even get into comedy and like telling jokes is uh, first thing I like to tell people and let, remind people to tell people is uh, I'm a black man. Okay, just make sure it's in the right light. Uh, <laughs> second thing I like to tell people is that I'm born and raised and still live in the South. And I'm very proud of both of those things. You know what I mean? I'm very proud to be a Southerner. Let me be very clear to people uh, that sometimes when I'm in the South, I say this. Uh, I am not um, the South shall rise again proud. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I am more like, uh, I think Outkast is the greatest group of all time proud. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's levels to this is all I'm saying. It's levels to this. Uh, no, I love performing comedy in the South and like being with like other Southern performers. It's, it's, it's weird because like we have weird conversations and, and weird stories and stuff like uh, I was I was riding I was riding around from North Carolina with a friend of mine and I he got a phone call and I could tell it was a very like weird phone call because he was like trying to keep it quiet when we drive back on the road and he gets off the phone and I'm like hey man what happened like it seems like an interesting phone call like what happened and he was like ugh I'm not tell you this man I was actually my mom on the phone uh, I, I forgot to tell you this is a white guy uh, so just bear with me <laughs> he was like ah oh, that was my mom. Uh, on the phone, and she's very concerned right now. I don't know if you're watching the news right now, Dave, but a lot of people are taking down Confederate monuments, and our family actually has a monument named after us, and my mom's very concerned that they're going to take down our monuments. And uh, so, like, on the inside, when I heard that, I was like, man, fuck that monument, right? <laughs> but on the outside, because I wasn't driving, I was trying to be a friend, I was like, oh, no, not your monument. <laughs> Oh no, what are we gonna do about it? And so trying to be a friend, I was like, Where, where's the monument at? Like, where's it located? You know, just trying to get understand where it's located. He's like, the monument is actually in West Virginia. Okay. He's <laughs> like, West, he said West Virginia, and I was like, where? West Virginia? Listen, um, you can call your mom back and tell her to relax. There are not enough black people in West Virginia to give a damn about that monument. <laughs> The only black person that I've ever heard that was from West Virginia was NFL Hall of Fame wide receiver Randy Moss, and he literally ran the fuck out of West Virginia. <laughs> He's one of the fastest wide receivers in NFL history. You don't get that fast being from Atlanta. That's all I'm saying. You're from Atlanta, you're, that, you're a possession receiver. You're not making those routes. That's all I'm saying. Right? And then my friend, he, he, he was like, understand. He's like, look, I get it. I understand the monuments are a problem. I understand that completely. He's like, I don't even like the monuments myself. He's like, can I be honest though, Dave? I feel like Southern tradition and Southern culture is constantly under attack. And there's certain traditions that I want to hold on to as a Southerner. I was like, no, nah, I get that, dude. I'm Southern too. What type of stuff are we talking about? Are we want to hold on to. And he was like, I don't know, man, like, like biscuits and gravy and fried chicken. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> I want to hold on to that shit, right? Like, I'm from the South. I'm going to be honest with you. I'll be damned if somebody from, like, the North or anywhere else come down. It's like, this is how you make cheese grits. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> you know how to make cheese grits? You probably got a skinny grandma. I don't trust you. Uh, <laughs> no, but it was a, so it was a moment we were driving the car, and, like, we, we started bonding over business and gravy and fried chicken. Like, I told him how my grandma makes her business and gravy and fried chicken, and then he... Uh, called his grandma. I was like, what the fuck have you been serving this grandma? One stick of butter, Dave's grandma's putting four and salt in it. 
be better. And I was like, man, relax. It's your grandma. She's doing her best. <laughs> you know? But then it got weird. Like, we're, you start talking about, like, the history of biscuits and gravy and fried chicken, and this is where it got weird, right? We're driving this out, we're talking about the history of biscuits and gravy and fried chicken, and there was a moment that I had to remind my very white Southern friend that, like, the first biscuits and gravy and fried chicken probably ever created or served in this country probably wasn't first created by, like, an old white lady. You know what I'm saying? Just based on how history and shit works. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't some old white lady who was like, gather around, everybody. That's right, gather around the table, my slaves. That's right. <laughs> I've been working very hard on this business and gravy and fried chicken recipe, and I refuse to have my slaves out there slaving on an empty stomach. Everybody eat up. <laughs> Here's why I love doing that joke in front of mostly white people. Uh, <laughs> half of this crowd right now is like, Man, fuck that. I'm not laughing at that. Uh, <laughs> I'm too woke for that shit. I saw Black Panther two times. You're not going to catch me, David. I'm not going to let you catch me in that trap. <laughs> and the other half, secretly in the back of your minds, are just like, hold on, they was getting biscuits and gravy and fried chicken? She seems like a chill-ass slave owner to me. Seems pretty cool, right? No, I know without a shadow of a doubt, the first biscuits and gravy and fried chicken ever created or served in this country was definitely created by a black woman. And here's how I know this. Clap it up if you've ever had biscuits and gravy and fried chicken before. Anybody? Okay. Okay. Some of you like clogged arteries. That's awesome. Uh, what do you do once you eat biscuits and gravy and fried chicken? Anybody? Sleep. You go to sleep. <laughs> Think about it. It was definitely a black woman who was like, look here, y'all. I'm about to serve these white folks this business and gravy and fried chicken. Uh, they gonna eat that shit and go to sleep, and then we are gonna get the fuck up out of slavery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we got at least a four-hour head start on the ass. We're going to be good. All I'm saying is history likes to take note of Harriet Tubman and her amazing work on the Underground Railroad, but I'm pretty sure if you dug a little bit deeper, you find a dope-ass business and gravy fried chicken recipe, and I feel like that's the type of shit we need to be looking for to bring this country together. <laughs> I get out on this. I, um, I am very Southern. Like, I, am, I didn't realize how Southern I was. Like, I'm, I'm still living in Atlanta. I'm born and raised like. I, don't, I realized I grew up I in a small town called Jonesboro. It's like 3,000 people, one Walmart. You do not know Jonesboro. Don't lie to me. Like, do you really? Then you would know Georgia. Uh, even worse, right? No. Uh, it's like, they got one of those in Georgia. How dare they? No. This is how I realized how Southern it was. I, I live in Jonesboro, Georgia, and I, I still go, like, bank there. Like, I do, I do, I just go there to just be around people. And I was in the line in the bank, and I heard the most Southern conversation I ever heard with two ladies behind me, and one of them said to the other, she's like, listen, I just can't get around to killing my goats. Um, I can't get around to killing my goats because I done named them already, and I know it's good meat, but I just, I looked at them in the eyes, and I can't, I can't kill Wilbur. And I know Wilbur's the name of a pig, but it's my goat, and I can't kill it. And the other one was like, I totally understand, Charlotte. I can't kill not name one of my chickens because I done named them my chickens. They just got little chickens running around the yard, and I can't kill them because I named them all. And I'm in line like, where the fuck am I right now? <laughs> I'm in Mayberry, right? That is a very Southern thing, right? That's a very Southern. I'll tell you something that's even more Southern about my actual existence in Jonesboro, Georgia. Less than a thousand feet away from my bank that I bank regularly is a Confederate gravesite. I love when people hear that. Listen, they're dead. That's the best part about the grave. <laughs> Everybody gets nervous, like, oh no, how did you make it? I did, because time works. That's how time works, right? But it is this Confederate gravesite, like a thousand feet away from my bank. Do you guys understand the significance of that? I don't think you guys understand the significance as a black man. A thousand, you know what you do when you go to a bank, right? You go to a bank, you do a little reading, right? You read a little writing, do a little math, you prove you've earned some money, right? I do all of those things. Less than a thousand feet away where people's last dying breath was probably like, whatever you do, don't let them read. And then they died. <laughs> and then they died. 
And I just get to go make money and like, you know, I don't, listen, and this is the thing I do. Every time I get a check, no matter how big, no matter how small, and when I get done, I go to that Confederate grave site and I take the receipt from the check and then I just dance on graves. <laughs> I just dance on graves. It's my favorite thing in the world to do. I did that with a $5 check. I shouldn't be that happy about that check, but I've never been happier for a check. All right, y'all, that's my time. My name is David Joseph Purdue. Thank you guys so much. David Purdue, let him hear it. Let's hear from my friend David Purdue. And all the comics you saw tonight. Keep it going for all the comics you saw tonight. Rhea Butcher. Cameron Esposito. Have a great rest of your night. We will see you next week. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, (laughs) Jazos. Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.